All right. Good morning, everyone. Thank you. Good morning. Good to see you guys. Pleasure to be here with you. My name is Scott Kadersha, and I serve on staff here in the marriage ministry, work with Merge and Foundation Group, re-engage ministry largely with the uh, newly married ministry called Foundation Groups. Little show you a little picture of my family here. This is my wife, Kristen. We've been married for about 17 years. I'm not sure exactly what I'm doing in that picture that's making her laugh. She thinks I'm pinching her butt, which uh, there's a pretty good chance that's actually what's happening there. Uh, four boys, twins who are 14, so the one that is on this side, his name is Duncan. He is named after the greatest power forward in the history of the game of basketball, Tim Duncan. And uh, the one in the middle is his twin brother, Drew. He's named after nobody, just Drew. And then uh, Carson is the one in the white. He is almost 12. And then Lincoln is my youngest, 10 years old. Uh, my wife is chaperoning a class trip this week to Sky Ranch with our sixth grader. And so my other three children are home alone by themselves right now. Nothing at all will go wrong this morning. I'm very hopeful for that. Somehow they need to wake up, get themselves dressed, get ready for school uh, so that I can bring them to school. So I'm very hopeful and prayerful that they are going to do what they need to do. And then my house doesn't, you know, who knows what's going to happen in the time I'm here. And so uh, it is good to be here with you guys this morning. We've been at Watermark for about 16 years, been on staff for 12 years, and very grateful just to see what God is doing through this ministry and uh, glad that you're here with us this morning. I'm going to pray, and then we're going to dive in to Romans chapter 15 together. So God, thank you for this morning. Thank you for the men in this room. Thanks for the ways that you are working in all of our lives. God, in, in a world, my, my heart already at 6.30 uh, in the morning, just listening to the news and shootings in California and close friends with cancer diagnoses and uh, election follow-up. It's just heavy already. And so I thank you for the church, for the body of Christ, for men care for us, encourage us, build us up, and in the process, God, I pray that you're glorified through the way that we live, through the way that we love one another. So we thank you for this morning. Thank you for this ministry. We love you. In the name of your son, Jesus, we pray. Amen. It's a heavy, heavy-hearted, heavy world right now, right? This is a uh, Largely why I think today's message will be very encouraging for you. I'm going to give you the punchline right away. We're going to talk about the importance of bearing one another's burdens. And when we do that, we, we do a couple things. We build one another up. Second is we follow in the footsteps and the example of Jesus. And then third, in the process, when we bear burdens, we actually bring glory to God. And we, we need to help one another. In so many countless ways, we need the body of Christ. We need other men around us. That's why I'm always encouraged that you guys would get up early and seek to, to grow in your relationship with the Lord and with one another. Uh, so let me tell you a little bit of the story of being married to Kristen. I'm a marriage guy, and so I've always got to tell marriage stories. And so, uh, you know, it's actually, any, anyone, uh, any Van Halen fans in the room, like maybe back in the day, you don't even have to say I listen to him now. I actually listened to one of the songs on the way in this morning. I know you're supposed to prepare your heart for worship. Well, I, uh, I went back in time historically to listen to a song that helped define uh, my early years as a teenager. And then actually one of their songs has, uh, you know, did not listen to when I started dating Kristen, but it's very characteristic of our relationship. It's a song, Hot for Teacher. And so when I was in graduate school, I walked into a clinical internship 
And uh, I ended up sitting down on this mat in the Shepherd Center in Atlanta, Georgia in 1997. That's October. And in walks this woman. She's about five foot, 11 and a half. I wasn't able to discern that immediately. Now I know that the size or height, uh, long brown hair, blue eyes, beautiful, skinny, uh, confident, but not cocky. And she walks by me and, uh, and then says, hey, are you Scott? I was like, well, yes, I am. Thanks for noticing. And then she says, well, I'm going to be your clinical instructor for the next two months. In other words, she's going to be my teacher for the next two months. And immediately I start going, got it bad, got it bad, got it bad. I'm hot for teacher. And so, uh, not out loud, but in my mind, that's playing. And, uh, you know, so Kristen is my clinical instructor for the next two months. Love at first sight for one of us. It, it took her three or four years to get with the program. And so we, uh, somehow I convinced Kristen to start dating me in, you know, end of 99, 2000, somewhere in there. And actually it was probably beginning of 99 and we start dating and it is just this very unhealthy relationship. We are both brand new believers. And so everything that, you know, that I've taught from this stage in the merge class about purity and emotional boundaries, I didn't follow one of those things. I mean, we're like, all over the map, emotionally, crossing boundaries physically. It was a very, very unhealthy relationship. We went way past a level three or four on the Merge Purity Pledge. I mean, we were all over the place as a couple. And uh, we started dating and things were not good. We're up and down and I'm this highly dramatic guy. And so I'm spending a lot of my mornings while we're dating uh, in the chapel downstairs at the Shepherd Center crying because Kristen has not been nice to me that morning. Meanwhile, she's kind of dating this other guy who's tall and good looking and makes a lot of money and I'm shorter and squattier and hairier in all the wrong places and not, as, uh, not bringing in as much money, but I was kind to her at least. And so we had this very just dysfunctional relationship. She's off of this other guy. She's kind of dating me. We're brand new believers. We don't know what we're doing. And we're in a community group. We're each in, in you know, I'm in a guy's group. She's in a girl's group. And at that time, our community groups did something that had a profound impact on our lives. They, uh, they essentially said, Scott, you have got to cut things off with this woman. They told Kristen, Kristen, you've got to cut things off with this guy. He's pitiful, he's pathetic, my guys are going, she's mean, she's not kind to you. Ironically, she is the kindest and sweetest woman I've ever met now that she's really walking closely with Christ. But our community jumped in the mess with us, told us to break up. We ended up breaking up. We went our separate ways. We still worked together, which made things a little bit challenging. But we, uh, we broke up and both got really, really serious about Christ. That community kind of picked up the pieces for me. They picked up the pieces for her. They, they largely helped me deal with my addiction to pornography. It was the first time I ever talked about porn publicly was with this group of guys. They helped, uh, helped me point me in the right direction. They did the same thing with Kristen. And, and so we broke up and, and I said, before T-Swift said it, I said, we are never, ever, ever getting back together is what I told people. Not exactly that way, and I didn't sing it and wear PJs and glasses like T-Swift, but I said, we are done with each other. And God did something absolutely miraculous in those months when we broke out. Our communities jumped in, encouraged us, bared our burdens, helped pick up the pieces, and then they actually did another really cool thing. They actually encouraged us to get back together. 
And so we started dating again in the fall of 2000. She actually asked me out on a date, which I don't always recommend, but it worked for me. And so we went out on a date. She took me to a very nice restaurant. Now the tables are turned. She's kind of hot for student. And uh, we start dating. We get engaged a couple months later, get married in September of 2001, make four kids along the way, and, uh, and now get to be a part of this church and lead the marriage ministry. But when I look back at the way that those men love me, it is one of the greatest examples of bearing burdens I have ever seen in my life or in the life of anyone I know. Those guys that it would be impossible for me to, to rightly capture how much of an impact those men had in my life and how much of an impact Kristen's ladies had in her life and then how much of a role they played in bringing us back together. In fact, so much so that when we got married on September 15th, 2001, we said we are never, ever doing life apart from the body of Christ, apart from community. And largely because of the way that the men in my life and the women in her life bore our burdens. And what I think is really interesting about it is that they had no obligation to do that. Those were not their problems. You know, my mess of a life was not their mess of a life, but the way that they stepped in showed me what the body of Christ is supposed to look like. They bore burdens in a way that helped build me up. It helped me follow the example of Christ and it's helped me and our group and our marriage glorify the Lord. And so I get the privilege of teaching this morning on Romans 15 and we're gonna see how that exactly happens when we bear one another burdens. We build one another up, we follow in the footsteps of Christ and we bring glory to God. And we get to do that for one another. You get to do that with each other. Often in community, we talk about just the side of it where people do stuff for us. They help us grow. They help us move in a direction towards Christ. But there's actually what, what I love about this passage is that Paul turns the tables. And he says, this is not about you. Okay, this is actually the role that you can play in bearing the burdens of other people. And it's no coincidence that in a few minutes, right now you're sitting next to people that you're gonna bear the burdens of. In a few moments, you're gonna go into a small group room, you're gonna be in a circle where you're sitting with people whose burdens you get to bear. And what Paul tells us, it's not just something we can do or maybe get to do, it's something that we are obligated to do. And so let's look very high level at Romans 15. You'll see a couple things. If you look throughout the chapter, there's no way that I can cover the whole thing in 25 minutes, but if we can break it up into four chunks. We're gonna look very closely at verses one through seven, the example of Christ. We see if you look at verses eight through 13, you see that God's plan has always been for the Jew and the Gentile. And what Paul does in there, it's actually genius. He goes to Deuteronomy he goes to uh, the Psalms, he goes to Isaiah. And so he's going to the law, the writings and the prophets and he's saying God's plan has always been for the Jew and for the Gentile. Moving forward, you really see the way that, that Paul's ministry plays out. And then at the end, you see Paul's plans for the future. He talks about generosity, but we're largely going to spend our time on verses one through seven. And we see three things happen when we bear the burdens of one another. We build others up, we follow the example of Christ, and we bring glory to God. And so in verse one, we're gonna look at verse one and two. One, we have an obligation to build others up. And when we bear burdens, we build one another up. Paul writes, we who are strong have an obligation. Okay, not, not a, maybe you get to do it, maybe it's something I wanna do, or I, I don't know, no. You have got an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak and to not please ourselves. Okay, right away, Paul just gives us a big giant kick between the legs. 
This is not about you. This is about the obligation we have to love one another within the body of Christ. The obligation we have to lift others up, to build them up, and to not please ourselves. If you go to church here on a Sunday, uh, you know we're in the middle of going through Philippians. Saturday or Sunday, we're going through Philippians right now. And this weekend, JP is going to teach the infamous Philippians 2. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility, count others more significant than yourselves. We see this message consistent through what Paul teaches, that it's not about us. We have the opportunity and privilege and obligation not to please ourselves, but to serve others. It says, let each of us please his neighbor for his good to build him up. And so a very clear connection. When we bear burdens, when you fulfill the obligation of bearing burdens with the weak, you actually get to build one another up within the body of Christ. I always like to look at the message to see what that version says. And I love the way that it's articulated by Eugene Peterson. Those of us who are strong and able in the faith need to step in and lend a hand to those who falter. Not just do what's convenient for us. Strength is for service, not status. Each one of us needs to look after the good of the people around us, asking ourselves, how can I help? That is what you get to do within your group, within your community, with your spouse, with your children, with your coworker, with your neighbors, with those around you. You get the privilege to use the power and the strength that you have, the obligation to bear the burdens of the weak, to build others up. And so the question this morning is, how are you doing with that? Is life about you? Is life about pleasing yourself? Or is life about the privilege that we get and the obligation of serving those around us, of bearing burdens with those around us? So often we just want to get, 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 and we're not really willing to, to do the hard work to, to bear the burdens of others. Okay, community is messy, right? Relationships would be great if it wasn't for the people. If we didn't have to deal with each other's problems, this thing would be a whole lot easier. Pastoring would be a lot, you know, it's the question I always get, what's your favorite part of ministry? People. What's your least favorite part of ministry? People. Right, this thing would be easy if it wasn't for you and if it wasn't for me. Okay, but it's not about us. Paul is very, very clear that we get the privilege and the obligation of bearing the burdens of one another. And the way I like to think about it, what does it look like to bear burdens? Let's say uh, it's the middle of the summer and, um, and I'm trying to move a big TV in my house. Okay, it's in the garage and it's 103 degrees outside and my AC isn't working. And, you know, ministry pays us well, but not well enough to get a flat screen TV. And so instead, I've got a really big, heavy uh, picture tube TV, maybe something that looks a little bit like that. And I need to bring that from my garage upstairs. And so I ask you to come over and to help me bring the TV. You know, I'm gonna buy you pizza or buy you something if you come help me. And, and so you come over, thank you for helping. And, uh, and I go to pick up the TV and I'm lifting it up and I look over at you and you're holding the power cord and the remote control. Okay, you are not helping me. I'm not buying you pizza if that's the way that you help me. Or I'm gonna buy you like little Caesars. I'm not buying you anything good. And, and uh, you know, you are not bearing my burden. And what I'm reminded, I don't know what made me think of that when I was studying Galatians a couple years ago. When we bear burdens, it is not like lifting the remote controller or the power cord. It is getting messy. It's getting dirty. It's getting involved in one another's lives. It's not being afraid to, to dig in the trenches. It's building one another up. And when I think about the ways that, that God has used the body of Christ in this place, in my life, and when I've seen God work in the lives of others, it's not by standing by and watching. 
It's not by grabbing the power cord or, by, or the remote. It's, it's getting messy and getting dirty. It's getting in the trenches. It's asking the hard questions. It's inconveniencing yourself. And the deal is like, we want people to do that for us and, and, they, and they should. That's what the body of Christ is for. But we've got to be reminded it's not just for us. We get the privilege of doing that for other people. So how are you doing at bearing the burdens of others? When we do, we actually get the privilege of building them up. And then second, we've got to ask, well, what, how do we do that? It's, it's all about us. Everyone tells it's all about us. My kids think the world is all about us or about, about them. The way we do it is we follow the example of Christ. We see this in verses three through five where Paul uh, continues. He says, for Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those, the insults of those who insulted, reproach you, fell on me. And so the sins, our sins fell on Jesus. Jesus knows he's not uh, here on earth to please himself. Whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. This is how we get hope. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Jesus Christ. And so the way that we do this is by following the example of Christ. So when we bear one another's burdens. We build others up, and second, we get to be more like Jesus Christ. Okay, I don't know about you, but in my life, I need a lot more Jesus and a lot less Scott Kadersha. I need to become and want to become, in a, in a way, the, the, the longer I've been doing this, guys, I've been doing ministry for 16 years. Okay, four of those years in seminary, 12 and a half full-time here on staff. The, the thing, I'm, you know, what have I learned in, in 16 years 12 and a half years here, it said, I want to become more and more and more like Jesus. I believe more and more in the message that we share. Yeah, I'm not disenchanted. I'm not cynical. I'm more and more uh, in belief of what the truth is of the gospel and of what we get to do. And so I, I want to be more like Christ. And so one thing I'm doing this year and, and try to do something like this every year, but this year I'm really looking at, at how I like to please myself. And so that's uh, the, what that looks like for me is really saying, what is Scott, uh, how is Scott battling selfishness? Because everything in me wants to, to please me. Okay, when it comes to lust, I want to please myself uh, through masturbation. I want to please myself through looking at porn. By God's grace, I'm doing well in those areas. But, but I want to please myself with food. I want to please myself with doing things on my schedule. I want to please myself by, uh, by looking at all of my time as my own and not my wife's. I want to please myself at night when it's time to put our children to bed. I don't want to go up there and talk to them about their day and pray with them and ask them questions about school. I don't care. Okay, I've got four, you know, all day long I'm listening to people. Do I want to do that again? Okay, I, I just want to please myself. I want to check out. I want to just do what Scott wants and Scott needs, and I don't want to pour out into my family. And I go, that, that is, uh, don't judge me. Okay, that sounded terrible. I love my children. Okay, I love my wife. And, and when I, I see that kind of as, as an example of, like, the last thing I want to do at 9 o'clock is go pray with my kids. Honestly, there's some days that is the last thing I want to do. I don't want to ask them about their friendships and disciple them and pour into them. That's what I've done all day long. I just want to please myself. And by that, I mean, I, I just want to do the things that Scott wants to do. And so, uh, you know, about a year ago, I started really thinking through what it looks like, the selfishness looks like in my life. 
And so every day I am uh, I'm journaling this year uh, a paragraph on what selfishness looks like in my life. And uh, a paragraph isn't enough. And so every day, start, not start, started actually in uh, mid-June. And this thing is my, uh, I call it my you before me journal. Where I, for a year, I'm gonna see what does it look like to put the needs of others before myself. And what I'm writing in here is times when I'm pleasing myself more than others. I'm writing when actually I do things the right way what that looks like and how it helps others. I'm, I'm actually seeing how it's helping me become more like Jesus Christ when I put the needs of others before myself. And, and what I'm realizing is that I'm not gonna become more like Jesus when I rely on my flesh. Yeah, I wanna become more like Christ. And one of the greatest ways that God allows us to become more like Jesus is when we bear the burdens of others. So you don't have to literally die on a cross like Jesus did, but every single day, you and I get countless opportunities to bear the burdens of others around us, to ask questions, to care for others, to put the needs of our spouse, our child, our coworkers, our boss, our neighbor, our community, your summit group. You get the opportunity and privilege of becoming more like Jesus when we bear the burdens of others. And then the third thing we see in here, and I love how Paul just lays this out so clearly. When we do this, God gets the glory. Okay, God, we don't get the glory. It's not intended for us to be lifted up. This is about God's glory. Okay, bearing the burdens of others builds others up. It helps us become like Jesus. And in the process, God gets all of the glory and the praise that he deserves. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's about God getting the glory he deserves. Paul finishes this passage and says that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, welcome one another. Another translation might say, accept one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. And so this world is not about us. And so when we pour into others, when we bear the burdens of others, we're building up the body of Christ. We're becoming more and more and more like Jesus. And when we do that, we are unified. We're speaking with one voice and God gets the glory. The reality is, is that this thing is, is absolutely messy. Okay, when we bear the burdens of one another, it's inconvenient. It takes away our time. It messes with our schedules. Okay, most of us in this room would, uh, would rather not get up at 5 a.m. in the morning or whatever time you get up to get here. Okay, we'd rather sleep. We'd rather please ourselves. We'd rather uh, community. When I think about all that community demands of me, okay, a couple nights a month, I get together with four other couples and my wife and, you know, we take time. I'd rather be at home watching TV, reading, doing something else, hanging with my kids, we get up in the morning, we meet this community when for years and years and years, a large line item in my budget went to pay for babysitting so that I can go to community. And when we go to community, it takes our time, it's messy, it's, uh, it's um, like we, we get the, uh, uh, we, we're pouring into others instead of others pouring into us sometimes. We just don't want to do it. Like, but God, God does not give us a choice, or he gives us a choice. But if you want to become more like Christ, if you want to become a part of the body of Christ, we bear one another's burdens and it comes at a high cost. Uh, last thing, and I'm going to let you go. I think of my friend, John McGee. John has done this so incredibly well uh, over the years. Okay, so I, I've struggled with overeating, with weight, with 
uh, you know, laziness of not wanting to work out, of a desire just to binge on food and not steward my body well. And I've worked very closely with John for 12 and a half years. He actually hired me in, in 2006, and I met John in 2002, and he knows this is part of my story for every moment he's known me. This has been a battle. And, and I'm so grateful for the way that John is, uh, is bearing that burden with me. The way that John loves me incredibly well is that he asks me the very hard questions. He asks me repeatedly how I'm doing with food, how am I doing with exercise, how am I sleeping, how's my stress, He's asking the hard question that, that really nobody else wants to ask or feels like they can ask. John is doing that. In fact, I remember John very specifically multiple times has said, Scott, I am not going to stand at your funeral when you die at the age of 45 and have to look at your children, look them in the eye and apologize to them for not bearing your burdens. Okay, in the process, John is not saying he's responsible for the way I eat and the way that I sleep and how much exercise I get, but he's saying, I'm lifting the rock with you. I'm coming alongside of you. What do I need to do to bear that burden? And I'll tell you, I'm still very much a work in progress, but my life is radically different because of John McGee. The way that that guy asks me hard questions, the way that he gets involved in the mess of my life, John builds me up when he bears that burden. That has nothing to do with John's life, whether I'm 500 pounds or 180 pounds. John's life doesn't change. But because he loves me, because he bears the burden with me, he's asking me the hard questions. He's building me up to become more and more like Jesus Christ. In the process, he is becoming like Christ because he's not pleasing himself. He's putting the needs of others before himself. And then last, I will very confidently tell you that God gets the glory that he deserves when God's people love one another and when we bear one another's burdens. And so what I want you to think through when your time with your men this morning, when you go home to be with your family, your roommate, your kids, your wife, whoever it might be, when you go to work, when you engage in your neighborhood is just saying, God, how can I bear the burdens of those around me? How can you remind me this is not about me? How can you use me like you use Paul to build up the body of Christ to become more and more like Jesus and in the process to bring God all the glory that he rightly deserves in our lives. Okay, I'm gonna pray and then you guys are dismissed. Announcements are on the screen. I'll just leave those up there and I'm gonna pray. And like I told you in the beginning, my children are at home alone right now. I've gotta go get them to school. And so I'm gonna pray and then sprint out of this room as quickly as possible, okay? So God, thank you for this morning. Thank you for these men. I pray that we would, uh, as a body of Christ, collectively bear one another's burdens. Thank you for the obligation and privilege that we get to be within community. Thank you for these men and the way that they desire to become more and more like you. And so I pray, God, that they would, in the process, build and lift one, one another up. I pray they would make themselves avail themselves to the body of Christ so they'd be okay to admit weakness and where they need help and where they need to be built up. So God, help us to uh, be the church in the way that you designed it, that we would bear one another's burdens. In the process, God, help us to become more and more and more like your son, Jesus. God, I pray that would be what we desire with every moment of our life to be more like you and ultimately, God, that you would get all the glory you deserve out of our lives. We need you. We are uh, so lost on our own. So thank you for your word. Thank you for the body of Christ. Thank you for your spirit. Thank you for the model and example of your son, Jesus. God, I thank you for these men. I pray that we would be a group of men 
who, uh, who helped be a part of your plan to change this city and change this world. Thanks for the privilege we get to do that. In your name we pray, amen.